Nintendo revealed an exciting new Nickelodeon tunes based fighting game this week, and we list off a handful of characters we'd love to see join the roster and duke it out. Plus, recent tournament results show us why three particular Street Fighter V characters need a few emergency nerfs, and we tackle the question of why people still rage quit from a more psychological perspective, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Green. With me, as always, is John Velociraptor Guerrero. I've been I've been having a pretty good week this week. I've been playing more fighting games than uh, than usual, finding some good progress. Uh, I, I posted a little bit a few days ago. Went on a twenty two game streak in ranked, and that's because I've been listening to my own advice more <laughs> when it comes to uh, to to trying to get better and such, and and having a good time, you know. So um, I can't complain good coming in with some good energy today and we have a fairly broad um kind of topic base today that i'm excited to get into uh but how have things been going with you they've been going great man i figured some new stuff out with rose i've been very happy with that um it's finally kind of clicked for me it's only taken three months of an extremely intense grinding here <laughs> Uh, not too happy about the capcom pro sports stuff but we're going to get into that a little bit later we've got some better news to focus on john because we've got some Nicktoons going on, dude. This yeah. is exciting on so many different levels. Yeah, we'll just we'll jump right into it. There is a new Nickelodeon All Star Brawl game that was uh, revealed yesterday, coming in the fall of 2021. Man, not only is it, it just revealed, but it's on its way this year, and um, and it's it's basically, as far as we can tell, kind of like a Super Smash Bros for Nickelodeon Nicktoons. And and I don't know that it's only restricted to the tunes. Maybe Maybe, you know, real life characters from all that and Clarissa explains it all and that kind of thing might be on the table as well. But so far, we've just seen animated characters like from SpongeBob, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, Hey Arnold and such. Uh, it's it's we 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 have to put in the, the Clarissa, Clarissa, if I can get that word out, uh, mixes your stuff up meme up here and the, the people have to oh that's so good like there's just so much they can do with that but yes you were saying all the other nicktoons that are actually in the game right yes. um and, and and there's some some pretty out there ones like powdered toast man from the ren and stimpy show like that's really cool so so there's a lot on the table here and you know smash bros has what like more than 80 characters now i don't suspect that this game will be that big but but man, there's so much potential here, and I think the roster could be very large. And it's this is obviously uh, I don't I don't want to call it a cash grab because I think you could do this really well and really put the time into it. And it looks like they're making it a very competitive. Well, they're they're aiming to make it a, a fairly competitive game when they have like rollback netcode and wave dashing mm -hmm. is is the uh, word on the street right now. We don't know very much at all about this game, so you know everything is still in the preliminary phases as far as we're concerned here, but. It looks like if this is if this is a legit fighting game that the community takes as a competitive game, you're going to have the kind of reach that Nickelodeon tunes are going to have across generations. And that, that this is like this falls into the category of Smash Bros, which like everybody has Smash Bros, right? This could be a huge deal um, for a lot of different groups of people. A lot of different groups of gamers will come to play this game and we could have a huge audience and, and see... Some really good things for the fighting game community in general because of this if it comes to uh if it reaches the potential that it looks like it has yeah in 
the what you say about this being more of a competitive type of game there's been a kind of a big push among developers of video games to to realize the value of actually having competitive balance and being thoughtful about that stuff now being mindful of it being aware of it that that's a thing and then actually doing it are two different very different things it's hard to do we've seen from fighting game developers who do this all the time that you know competitive balance and other stuff like that which we're going to talk about later is not exactly the easiest thing to pull off but making a, a genuine effort for it does make a difference in these games from what we've seen mm -hmm. so uh, there's so much to talk about or potentially talk about discuss with the potential of this game I want to start fairly simple. We've seen a handful of characters revealed, and I just want to talk about characters that I would want to see make the roster and why. And so I have a list that I ended up with six. There could be many more than six, but I didn't want to go too overboard with this. And I have a few honorable mentions, but some characters as, uh, that I could see that one, I would really like to play just because I appreciate these characters, and two, that they would lend themselves to a fighting game like this with their general ability and powers and such and that's not only to say that you know like maybe a character can shoot fire out of their hand it's like okay well then obvious but there's some other kind of roundabout ways that you can be really creative with how you might turn a character into a combative version of themselves and how they might lend themselves to uh to things like that so i won't get too far ahead of myself i'll start my list right here with the first pick uh timmy turner from the fairly odd parents fairly odd parents is i don't know if it's underrated but i think it deserves a little more attention than i than i than it overall got and uh, it was a really fun a funny show and timmy turner is of course the uh, main character who has the two fairly odd parents cosmo and wanda that follow him around and there's a lot of ways you could go about handling these characters and i think all of them are candidates to be even their own fighters or maybe cosmo and wanda could be their own character where they're you know a little tag team sort of a thing but my idea here, you would get all three of them in one character, um, and, and Timmy would be accompanied by Cosmo and Wanda, maybe, and you could have them both have their, their own contributions to the character's overall toolkit. So, like, maybe when you have Cosmo, you can do teleports and, and slides or something like that, and when you have Wanda out, there's certain projectiles or, or like, traps that you can, can create, because these are fairy godparents that could do virtually anything with magic. Magic. Mm -hmm. The sky's the limit, you know? So you've got everything from giant snakes, birthday cakes, large fries, and chocolate shakes, right? Like, there's a lot of low-hanging moves, or you could turn your character or your opponent into those things, or have them appear on the screen, be some kind of a hazard, whatever. But there's so much when you're saying, like, this character has magic, and they use magic to deal with whatever. There's a bunch of set pieces that you could call back to. Um, and, and so there's already so much that you could do with this character, but specifically I'm seeing them as like, uh, you remember Arya from Killer Instinct where she would have like different components to her that would have sort of their own life bars to them. And if you did damage to those specific parts of her, like the, like, I think she had like a floating sentinel. And if you knock that out, she would lose the abilities that came with that part of her. So maybe if you hit Wanda or if you hit Cosmo enough, they go out of the battle and then no longer are able to do whatever the powers that that particular part of the character had. And I think that could be really interesting. Yeah, that um, reminds me of uh, Rosalina and Luma in, in mm -hmm. Smash. It seems like a, a pretty similar concept, and that's worked really well. Uh, well at least it worked very, very well in Smash 4. Rosalina's not as much of a thing in Smash Ultimate, but it was a she was pretty nice back in the day. Mm -hmm. so. 
And while we're on the subject of Fairly Odd Parents, I don't think that these characters would make it to the to the actual game. Although yet one has to wonder after they get to all of their go-to obvious fighters, maybe they they with DLC can go into some of the side characters. But hot damn, I would love to see Dad, Mr. Crocker, and Doug Dimmodome come in and be part of the fray. Maybe as just like kind of assist-like characters, but if they were their own, I would have no problem with that. Uh, Crocker is this spazzy, uh, super um, uh, paranoid character that like knows of the existence of the Fairly Odd Parents and things along those lines, um, but no one believes him. Dad is just a hilarious, you know, a sitcom dad type of character, like the likes of Randy Marsh, Homer Simpson, that kind of thing. And then Doug Dimmodome is uh, is the super rich, like billionaire character with a really tall hat and i just gotta wonder what giving him like a kung lao sort of hat with his hat would look like in a game that would be a lot of fun so anyways uh that was my dipping into the um fairly odd parents i'd say timmy turner with cosmo and wanda along with him in some capacity but that's my first character uh, my second is uh daggett and norbert norbert from the angry beavers I don't know how much this show is beloved, but I watched it so much. And again, I think that this could be either a pairing, sort of like the Ice Climbers, or maybe even mm. a stance change kind of character. Because there's a lot of pairs you could do for, for Ice Climber type. Um, you know, there's the likes of Phil and Lil from, uh, from the Rugrats is another quick one. Obviously, Cosmo and Wanda that we talked about, Daggett and Norbert. But Daggett is very much a high strung, very uh, fast, zippy, like almost rabid at that times, kind of Tasmanian devil sort of character, while Norbert is like the opposite. He's very slow, he's very reserved, laid back, just chill. And I think a stance change where one version is very rushed down, that's the Daggett, right? And then the other version is maybe more zoning and maybe heavier hits but slower in, in movement. Um, uh, with Norbert would be really cool and, and you could explore two very different styles within the same character. I'm very drawn to those, not necessarily to play them, but you know, you have the likes of Zeku in Street Fighter, um, or Gen in Street Fighter 4, where they kind of become a whole different character with different abilities and um, the, the, the technicality of that, it can be a little, a little bit intimidating, but it's really cool, especially when you make it all come together and these characters certainly lend themselves to that the, the, like their personalities lend themselves to that idea very nicely mm -hmm. um and you would also have at some capacity you'd have to get stump in there uh who is it is it um villager that has like the rocket uh it looks a lot like stump it reminds me of stump in, in super smash bros and stump for for those of you that don't know is literally just a tree stump with a face kind of drawn onto him but he is somehow uh he he actually has influence in the world around even though we never see him move or do anything he seems like an inanimate object that somehow every time we're not looking does stuff i don't know how you would incorporate that into a fighting game but there's a lot of potential as is usually the case with cartoons that have you know super deep pockets and can endure pianos landing on their heads there you go uh the next one is probably the most obvious and most requested of the characters that we haven't seen already in the in the game in the uh the trailer that we got and that's ang from um the avatar the last airbender there's just no way around this character he's so beloved this whole series is beloved especially within the fgc but the reach of this series is is really large it was a very big success and he is a combative you know anime fighting type of character to begin with he's able to shoot fire uh he has powers with you know water all of the different elements and such he's just made for this kind of a thing and if ang isn't like you know a top 10 character i think people are going to be upset just because of the expectation for him already yes. 
yeah, you you want this guy top tier, you know, kind of thing. It's like this is kind of like uh, it's like what we've talked about, like with Ryu. You don't want Ryu too low tier in this game, kind of thing. And it's like if you're gonna make someone top tier, design him really well. Don't make him overpowered. Uh, that would be very easy to do with you know who he is. Yeah. But m- m- don't make him weak. This is not a character you want to be weak. It's like Akuma being weak. I was thinking uh, this is like the yeah. Akuma if SpongeBob is yeah. Ryu at this point, a poster yeah. boy for Nicktoons. Yeah. But you it now here's a question though that I want to pose to you. Would it be more strategic to make Aang a base roster character or put him behind the allure of DLC? This game looks very DLC heavy to me mm-hmm. from that trailer. Now, I don't know how many more characters we're going to get. It's not like they have a bad roster, but I, I'm a fan of like Raphael on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's no Raphael in here. It's Michelangelo, Leonardo, and you know, where's, where's Raph, where's Don? It's like we know a lot of DLC is coming. So uh, in this day and age, I, I'm pretty good with uh, you know a lot of DLC, uh, obviously, um, as long as it's not done like where they're really locking out major characters. And I could see... I could see this being an issue if he is DLC, but I don't know. It's like it's a Kuma Kuma was DLC and no one complained either. So yeah. it's, as long it's as kind of one of those him. type of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I think there could be a huge campaign and a buildup for how much excitement there would be behind Aang. But also you might want to use that just to get this game off the ground. That said, this game is already a, a like a home run hit from day one just because of what it is. And, and that's not to say that they couldn't mess it up by making the game poorly, but you have enough IPs. You know, people are going to be excited enough just to play a SpongeBob or Helga that I don't think you would need the star power that Aang would bring. And then you could really use him strategically as a as an early DLC to keep things going after the initial hype. But we'll see. But either way, Aang needs to be in this game. If they don't, I have a note here, if they don't put Aang in this game, they messed up. Yep. Um, the 100%. next one, Heifer Wolf from Rocco's Modern Life. Now, we probably want to see the likes of Rocco, and I think there's also an argument to put like one of the big heads in. Um, for th- it'd be interesting. Now, Rocco's Modern Life is, is a show that kind of was big a while ago, and then they made a movie or like a, a feature-length um, version of it. It was like two years ago or so, which was uh, very much updated for modern times. It was a show that... that just commentates on modern technology and social trends and things along those lines. It was actually really smart and fun. It was also fairly violent. You know, there's a lot of smashing and and crushing and stuff. And, you know, they're, they're extremely resilient tunes. So no, no harm, no foul, but uh, it was, it, it lent itself to violence very nicely. Heifer is this uh, cow that was raised by wolves, which is funny. I'm sorry. He's a steer male. Um, uh, I have a note here that says, you better not skip Rocco's Modern Life. I don't know how many modern, you know, younger crowd kids would get it, but if they've got Powdered Toast Man in there, they'd probably get some Rocco's Modern Life. Um, and while Rocco would be a good addition himself, maybe you could have Spunky come in for, for certain moves or assists and whatnot, Heifer was interesting to me because... Um, I can see him immediately as a bigger-bodied sort of Donkey Kong or King K. Rule type character, uh, and and as far as his moves go, maybe he's a little more in the command grabby, or he like you know rolls because he's very round, very rotund. He could have rolling attacks, a la Blanca or something like that. Uh, do higher damage, maybe be a b- little bit slower, a little bit less in the way of maneuverability, but be one of those heavy hitters. Um, I think that he could be really cool, and and I don't know that we've seen any characters uh, thus far that are really fitting this particular bill. So I think he could he could fill that role, and it would be nice as one of those bigger bodied characters. Yeah, it, it's uh, he's he's 
got a perfect personality for a fighting game because he's he's pretty kind of gentle um yeah. and like he, he might like kind of like apologize as he beats the crap out of you and stuff and which would be really fun like it's he's got a great personality for a fighting game i love heifer like rocco's modern life is something uh um uh watched back in the day and it, it's a cool show very cool show <laughs> you want to see my new tattoo <laughs> it was a little it was a little spicy too like i remember yeah. that oh, was yeah. one of the shows that uh you know the the parents may say yeah you gotta skip this one uh, and yeah. again because of the violence a little bit you know people getting crushed all the times um i, I have another rocco rocco worked as a, a phone sex worker like he worked on an adult oh, hotline and one of the was... big heads like called into him and like it got really awkward and it was like oh wow this is some adult level kind of humor here but mm -hmm. like it worked um but yeah stare was, into my nipples of the future <laughs> is that really really big man we should, i should go back and watch some roccos um i have one more note here that at some point that i don't i don't know if it would be through heifer through a different character maybe it would probably be through one of the big heads um but do you remember the fat heads which were the cartoon that ed Bighead's son created um they were just these two like i don't know what they were they were kind of these weird blobby characters but they would just smash each other with um parking meters that, that's pretty much their that was their 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 bit was that they'd just be a cartoon people would watch and they'd smash each other with parking meters hit get hit in the head with coconuts that kind of a thing but uh, gotcha. you could have them come in and just smash the crap out of your opponent uh okay so number one two three four five on the list doug funny and not the disney version of doug obviously it'd be the nickelodeon version of doug with the uh the short sleeves disney version of doug is whack although i hear good things but um doug funny is interesting now he's much more in the vein of reality like he was he's um uh you know like an adolescent kid teen kind of coming up and going through the the lessons of of you know social growth and coming of age and all that kind of stuff but doug was characterized very much by his imagination and he had a couple of characters that he would embody as he was you know going through and learning certain lessons and a lot of them were one-offs uh, but he had two in particular, Quail Man, the most obvious, and I think uh, maybe you could do just Doug as Quail Man, and that would be a good enough mm -hmm. character by himself. But you could also have him where he would go into these modes. Maybe he could become Quail Man. He could become Smash Adams, which was a very James Bond spy kind of character. Um, and uh, there's a, so much you could do because while Doug was very much set in real life where pianos falling on heads would cause a casualty, he also very often went into these imaginary realms and you could sample from those all over the place. And the, the intro sequence from Doug was very memorable. It starts out with him because he would, he would journal a lot, right? And so it would start out with him, um, you know, drawing this line and then the line would become animated and it would kind of cause all of the introduction animation to, to happen. And maybe you could do something like that where he draws a line and then he has this, this you know, animated pencil line that he could, you know, treat as a whip or treat as a lasso or um, make a, as a barrier. He could manipulate that. There's a lot of stuff you could do with the character. And he's so beloved. I mean, he was on both Nickelodeon and Disney. There, there's a lot of reach that you have with Doug. People really like him. Um, and so, and, and who wouldn't want to see Doug funny fight to the death with hey arnold you know it's like you got to see that at some point so uh doug funny's yeah. number five here now john i have to ask you did you ever have like a thing for judy funny doug's older sister like did you she was she was always no because she had like i i didn't like how like i think the side of her head was shaved and as a kid yeah. i was like that's weird i was but never really into thing, the like 
It did. That's a style now. Yeah, that's a, she was ahead of her time, man. Sure. And uh, yeah, to each his own. To each her own. And yeah, uh, like the whole, she was very artsy-fartsy Shakespeare. Yeah. And she was so often antagonistic to Doug that yeah, uh, I didn't really like that about it. I didn't hate her. But um, yeah. no, I did not have a thing. It's, it's all about the Patty Mayonnaise. Yeah, I, Patty Mayonnaise was, was, was like nicer, but, but Judy was definitely hotter. So, yeah. Judy's a little more exotic. I'll give you that for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comment, who's hotter, Judy, yes. Judy Funny or Patty Mayonnaise? That's where this channel is at now. <laughs> you can All come right. to Event Hubs for the, the, the cartoon, you know, hotness scale, whatever. Yeah, yes. That's, that's what we do. So. The biggest Doug mm. crush. All right. And then my, my last one here, and I think this was the one that I was most excited about, which may be why I saved it for last. It's Grandpa Phil from Hey Arnold. Now, Hey Arnold is similar to Doug in that there's, um, it's very real life. Piano falls on a head, would kill a character. Um, but Grandpa Phil is, is sort of a side character. He steals every scene that he is in. And he's so good. I think he's the best character through and through. And there's a lot of good characters in that show. But I think Grandpa Phil is the best. And he's in super good shape. There's, a, there's an episode where he thinks he's going to die because no one in his family has lived past, I think it's age 81 or 89 or something like that. I don't know. Not important. But he goes to the doctor at one point and they're like, you're in super good shape. And he goes through a Rocky montage where he's doing all of these, uh, you know, one-handed push-ups and eggs and all that kind of stuff and running in the streets. He's in really good shape. He could fight. And it would be funny to see an old man who looks really frail. He's always hunched over and has a hand on his back, but he's, he, he could fight. He could take it to you. And he's also Steely Phil from those that remember the episode with Chinese checkers. Uh, there's so much personality in this character. And I don't know exactly what his moves might be, uh, but you know you could figure it out. Maybe he's a little more hand to hand. Maybe he he has assists from other characters in um, Hey Arnold. Um, but as I think about this franchise, and we do have, I think Helga is the only one in there, and people are pretty excited about her to begin with. Um, but I I don't see a lot of characters that would lend themselves as fighting game type characters, right? Like some buff, you know. There's there's Big Bob, Helga's dad, and there's Ernie, the guy that's in the the boarding house that's all about um, demolition, and and like maybe Harold, the big bully kid or Big Patty for that matter. But those are all fairly side characters. And while Grandpa is, is certainly not a, a lead, like I said, he steals every scene that he's in. He's so memorable. He's so good. Um, it's just that, well, his his head is a, very obviously a phallus. And so maybe that would get the game a teen rating. I don't know. In, in this day and age, maybe they'd have to change that up a little bit. But uh, I mean, I think that's just funny. So it's one more reason why I would want to have him in there. But Steely Grandpa Phil is my uh, is my last pick here. All right. Now, before before we go too far afield, I know you're a huge fan of South Park, and I know that's obviously not a Nickelodeon thing. But what mm. if Nickelodeon? What if this game blows up big enough where they make it like Smash Brothers and they bring in stuff outside of Nickelodeon, other tunes in here? Like, I mean, just I, who would you want? Like, my thing for for South Park would have to be Randy Marsh. I would have to see him, but probably they'd pick Cartman or something like that. But like, if uh, Tegrity Farms or something, they could not do that, right? They could not. That would be too bad. But for like, Nick man, Tunes. They... <laughs> uh, but um i there's some potential here for like you know if this game blows up maybe some other cartoon franchises can Do, you, homer simpson cool. randy marsh rick yeah. sanchez uh archer uh sterling archer um 
yeah like there's that i say homer simpson uh, um, yeah. yeah across the board there's a lot and we don't <clears throat> excuse me i don't we don't know if this is only restricted to the tunes like i said or if the the irl characters could be part of it too I, who knows if keenan and kel could be part of this whole thing too so um a lot of potential here so I, and i would say my first pick would be randy as as far as a south park character just because he's my favorite character i think he's the best character in the show um but the, you know, there's so many superhero types. You could get one of the the weapons from the the fun times with weapons uh, episode where they're kind of anime versions of themselves. Uh, the World of Warcraft. There, there's so much you could do. Towley, maybe just you know, he yeah. seems like he would fit into this particular game. But uh, no, let's let's get this game off the ground and uh, <laughs> before we jump into guest before stars that are M rated, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. It just got announced. Let's completely ruin it with our ideas. Because right. Let's go. You know, kind of thing. And so like, it, it's there's a certain turning point because these are cartoon characters fighting. So it's probably going to be a teen rating no matter what, right? But like we're like all the stuff with south park you're pushing it into like you know the the higher rating and stuff the mature and stuff potentially depending on how you do it yeah maybe you could do it i mean you know what are the the south park games have all gotten like a um you know a teen rating and stuff on there they somehow miraculously put it in there but i think some of them got it mature too i don't know I, i'm I think, trying to remember i think now, if it's but... a teen rating they didn't do a south park game right um, there you go that sounds about right so <laughs> you know i i don't have any rugrats characters on this list and there's there are many more that would absolutely fit for this and maybe we do a part two um in in future weeks but i didn't put any rugrats characters on here i would say that uh, and i watched a lot of rugrats when i was a child uh, i would say that if if you could put dill in as just like the the training dummy which is weird to say like the youngest of all the baby characters in the <laughs> nicktoons would be the training dummy but that was just such an annoying character i hated dill um i do have a few honorable mentions here uh the first one is jenny wakeman which is jenny from my life as a teenage robot she's a robot that is completely built for a game like this i am almost certain we will see this character pop up i didn't watch it a lot i wasn't a huge fan but she's got stuff like uh, first of all she's a robot she's got the strength of one million and seventy men um and a revolving arsenal of weapons so like her, her she's like you know batman's utility belt on on crack on steroids um she's got giant spiky fists uh, her hair turns into drills she's got an electro claw fire and ice blasters laser vision she has um like shiva arms where they come out and she's got like four or six arms with swords that she can do which would be maybe kind of a cool like final smash final form sort of a thing uh heat gun buzzsaw arms so like the character is made for this kind of a setting so i would imagine jenny wakeman would end up in there um i also said jimmy neutron i never really liked jimmy neutron i watched the show a lot more than you would think for someone who doesn't really like it went and saw the movie but like jimmy neutron boy genius has the same you know the the equivalent of dexter from dexter's lab for nickelodeon all of his crazy you know inventions lend themselves very obviously to a game like this but he's also super lame so whatever but i imagine we'll see jimmy neutron at some point and my other one was uh, we don't have any rocket power representation. I'm sure we will, and it'll probably be Otto or Reggie. But I had to say the squid because uh, we talk about the squid here from time to time. And I actually had to, to tell John what the squid was because I kept referring yeah. to the the squid of the group. And he's like, what the heck is that? So I had to, mm -hmm. the, the guy that... Uh, the, the one that when the group wants to jump over a fence or do something athletic or, or whatever, usually the last one over gets, you know, hung up and whatnot. But, you know, wearing roller skates and with a with a hockey pad and, and a baseball that he throws, the rocket power is all about sports. You could really easily incorporate sports as like projectiles and guards and things like that. So anyways, those are some of my honorable mentions. But that's my list of characters that I would like to see in Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Very excited. A lot that could happen with this game. It could very heavily affect the FGC as we know it. 
So really looking forward to it and looking forward for more information coming out. But comment with your characters that you would most like to see. Uh, tell me why I'm right for my picks and how you hadn't thought of them, but that was a really good idea. And uh, yeah. And we'll get the campaign for Randy Mar Marsh in uh, this yes. game very soon. Very, very, very soon. All, all, all over event ups, just all over there. So, all right, John, and less good news. Capcom has a big balance problem in Street Fighter V. Uh, watching this last week's Capcom Pro Tour event in China, it became really apparent there's a just a big issue with some of the characters in this game in Street Fighter V right now. Mm. Uh, in all the top eight, there was one match that did not feature a Urian player. One out of the ten uh, sets that were ran. And then in the top 16, 75% of the sets featured a Kami and Bison or Urian player, and a couple of those sets were only those characters. <clears throat> Uh, I went off on Twitter just saying how bad of a balance issue Capcom has was with easy to play characters, just scumming people out. And I wanted to back it up with data. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I looked at all the major tournaments we've covered since the latest major balance update that came out in late February. At number one, hands down, was Urian with 37 spots in tournament. Cami mm -hmm. was second with 31 and Bison was third with 20, uh, 25 overall. Keep in mind, this is only since they did their latest major balance update because a bunch of people are going to be like, oh, you know, you're talking about old tournament results and other stuff since like, you know, the game has been changed. No, 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 no. This is since the game has been major alterations and these characters were nerfed, right? Like from a balance perspective, just Capcom has not gone far enough with these characters. And this it's is, a big this problem. Is since V-Shift? This is since V-Ship. Okay. The, 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 and this is late February. This is not like a long time ago and stuff like that. This is a handful of months back, basically. Yeah. And, and um, the, the big problem that I have with these characters is, again, they're just too damn easy to play. And, and they're too strong for being that easy to play. And I appreciate Capcom knocking all these characters down in the past. In the most recent update, it was very clear, hey, they targeted these characters, and, and but they did not go far enough. Mm -hmm. And there's a really simple solution here, too. And with the Oro patch that's coming up, put in more changes to these three characters specifically so that their tournaments, so the Capcom Pro Tour, is not dominated by these characters. Because I don't freaking tune into the CPT to watch the same three characters over and over and over and over again the same three characters i've seen for the last four years and the same tactics and other stuff like that i want to see some new stuff i don't care if they're peppered in like here and there and you you know every now and again hey you're in cami and bison they pop up here and there that's fine they are dominating the tournament scene like the the, the chun li player like i think we had a, he played like 19 straight games or something like that against a urian player and it's just that is horrible that is you have 42 characters in this game and you have three of them that are that are just completely dominating uh in terms of of how present they are at tournament levels and it's just it's really upsetting to me because again i love watching the, the capcom pro tour but i don't like watching this crap and, and so what i do now is i just i watch the archive and when these matches come up most of the time i'm skipping them because it's like i don't want to watch urian again for the hundred billionth time why would i and if i'm hardcore and if, and if i'm not wanting to tune in to watch this stuff how many other casual people are even going to tune into it like how many I mean, you could go online and, and face yuri in that many times so yeah uh, for those that didn't see it we did a story on this it's on the that's on the front page uh, here's the headline one chun li players top 16 run featured 19 consecutive matches against Urian in the capcom pro tour 2021 china that's i mean that's amazing and, and sure like maybe that happens once in a while and such but just that in and of itself makes me uh, kind of have to turn my ear a little bit more in your direction when you say that there is an issue here, because as crazy as that is, 
I mean, maybe it's a one-off and then fine, fair enough. But the fact that it happened at all is is head-turning. Um, and, and I do want to say that we've been talking about balance since the beginning, which is appropriate, you know, the beginning of Street Fighter V, and they've made a ton of progress. And I do think it is a, a good thing that we are talking more about the top tiers that are easier to play and that the conversation isn't that these guys are just overwhelmingly better than everyone it's that yeah. they are they're better because they're easier um that's uh, in now there there can still be regulation there and i think that we should continue to do so for as long as the game's out just anytime you see that it's not perfect make it a little bit closer to perfect if you can and then i think you can here but it is a good look that we're talking about it's easier to play these characters and that's why they're getting their their play as opposed to these are the characters that you win with and um because mm -hmm. i do think that we are at a point now like i've said with lucia where She's not easy to play, but I think there's a really high ceiling, and that's that's good to have in there too. But yes, you run into the problem that you're turning people off from all those harder characters because they just have relatively easy modes with with characters like Bison, Cami, or Urian. Right. So I'd like to see some new strategies and, and approaches for high level tournament players that just don't have this this plethora of the same crap over again it's like i haven't seen anything new for cami in a long time you know it's like i can't recall the last time i saw a new tech for her. i'm sure it exists but like picking it out of the freaking you know the the plethora of just like constant normals being spammed and the crap i've seen it it's hard to do you know and it's like that's not fun like i it's the these should be an entertainment based you know uh exploration of the game like it and it's it's supposed to explore the dlc you're putting out there not the base product you put out five years ago right and it so anyway what i would do here with with cami bison and urine is i'd knock probably all of them down to mid-tier and even then they would still actively be played in tournament because they're easy to play right like and they have a like, reputation yeah and there's a bunch of people who play them and all that kind of stuff and it just the fact that these characters are all high tier is awful it is a it, it makes the cpt a chore to watch when these characters come up and again i don't mind them here and there like it's like here and there it's like oh yeah let's let's watch some bison let's watch some cam let's watch some yuri and it's it's fine it's just the, the tournament scene is dominated by these characters right now and it's ridiculous and it's been that way for far too long and so anyway, it's really what it comes down to is just like, this is not a good product that Capcom's putting out there right now. Uh, and, and it could be a lot better with a few simple tweaks. And it goes back to your methodology of this. It's like, look, if you know these characters are a problem with every patch that you have coming out, just dial them back a little bit. You know, just make like Bison's like Psycho Axe, like maybe zero on block or something like that. Maybe that's too big of a change. Maybe you alter the damage on it and knock it down by 10 or do something like that. Do something to acknowledge that these characters are legitimate issues and that they're dominating the tournaments and just throw the community a bone because we're tired of dealing with this and we're tired of watching this every time. And in the players, like you can't count on the players to, to you know, not pick these characters why would they not pick them they're trying to win mm -hmm. right uh and when you know you have a very clear problem like that where these characters are easy to play they win a lot what what incentive is there to go pick up another character that you've added to the game it's like there's none it's like it's like well if i want to win I, this is an easier route and these characters are great why would i not do this and and so that that's just that's where capcom has to step in and why i'm very upset with them why i say they have a major problem here is that they need to address it this is not on the players it's not if you play these characters all good like that's fine i get it uh i have, I have no real direct issue with that my issue here is with capcom not realizing this is a problem and not just constantly scaling down these characters that have been an issue for four years 
So, so and, and you said you would hope to see this done as early as whatever the patch comes to uh, to put Oro into the game, right? The next DLC yeah, character, yeah, yeah. which we don't know when that's going to be yet. There's a there's a decent chance that it won't time, be this but... month. It might be yeah. next month for Evo with a potential double with Oro and uh, Acura, but that's that's just a guess. We, we haven't heard anything about it. Um, but yeah, so then I guess that funnels back into the discussion about how often these games should be updated. Maybe every time you see that there is something that you could make better about it, make that better about it. Um, yep. It doesn't have to be this major overhaul, uh, man. But it, it's 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 murky waters every time we go and to talk about how we would change these characters and like you know what do you do to Cammy? Do you do you you know reduce her utility? Do you just simply reduce her damage output and make her as easy as she is to play, but still, you know, doesn't hit as hard, so she has to do it more times? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose that's where I'd start, but. One of the easiest things that you can do is damage and stun. That's something that uh, I know that they did that like with Rose in Ultra Street Fighter 4 and they just boosted her damage like on all of her main attacks and she went from like a low tier character to a pretty high end character. Uh, and and it, that works really well. And so, But it works both ways usually. If you adjust damage and stun values, you're usually knocking down a character pretty darn decently with those. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what, you know, if, if let's say for example that Cammy lost 10 damage on her uh, heavy and mediums, like just all the normals that she has, like that would be very significant. That might be too much. And so, you know, I, I would start with just like knocking down a few of them, you know, uh, but there, there's a lot of ways to go about this, mm -hmm. um, but that, that is an easy way of doing it. Now, I also have to wonder with this is an online tournament um, and we talked last week in one of your segments about how certain characters will benefit from from online um all three of these characters were on your list right cammy bison and yep. urian is some of this just owed to the fact this this is being played online and that you know maybe maybe it's well there's a deeper conversation but maybe the the balance should be made for the online side of things and like with that in mind or should we just be aiming at like the game offline um because that might be like the the thing that puts puts these three over the edge in terms of what you're talking about here now, Cammy was not on the list, but Urian and Bison were. Okay. Um, but again, most people are playing this game online. That's the way they consume it. If mm -hmm. you're not factoring that into your game's balance, what are you doing? You know, you have to look at what the majority of players are doing and alter that. Yeah, the tournament level, the top level in play, which you and I are both Grandmaster level players, we're tournament level players. We've placed in tournament. We know how to do this stuff. Uh, and we're complaining about it still, too, because we care about the game's balance. It, it's, that's, it's a tired argument for only bal balancing around just the highest end of play. You have to look at what the majority of your players are experiencing and saying, let's look at this uh, and try to make the game collectively overall better. And then that might hit the high end and that's fine. You know, it's like, but even then the high end, like we're seeing this in tournaments. Yeah, it's online tournaments, but we were seeing this before in offline tournaments. It's not like these are unknown characters who were never, you know, hitting the scene. It's freaking Cami, Bison and, and Yuri and some of the winningest characters in the history of Street Fighter V. Can't, can't disagree too heavily with you there. Um, but what do you guys think? Comment if you agree. And if you disagree, then like and share with all your friends. <laughs> um, okay, is that all you had to say about that? That's all I got, man. All right. My last segment for the day, um, a little bit in the realm of psychology. We've been talking about rage quitters, which we don't, I didn't have any. Oh, and I also want to say I ran into BBW Messiah, the guy that or girl that rage quit on me twice last week. I played him a couple of times over this uh, over this more recent week. We just had some good matches. Did not rage quit a single time. Didn't like gave me the rematch and everything. Um, so I, I have to assume that BBW Messiah saw the podcast, felt 
the uh, the shame and has corrected and and fixed their evil ways of rage quitting. But as we talk about it, it's fun um, and and I think it's entertaining because it hits a certain foundational chord that runs through us that we all sort of interact with and are aware of, but maybe don't massage to the top and articulate and 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 understand. And I thought maybe doing a little bit of that would be fun because. It's simultaneously, like I say, kind of amusing to talk about, funny, but we all also have that kind of frustration um, and that understanding of kind of why you would do it to begin with. So I want to talk about the psychology of rage quitting and why we do it. And there's a, an early distinction that I want to make between if there is a, a, a penalty for doing so or not. Because if there's no penalty, a la when, I mean, most of... Fight, you know, fighting game history and such. We're, we're really starting to regulate the process now because we're playing online so much. But even at the beginning of Street Fighter V, there was no penalty for rage quitting. And so it's it's easy enough to understand people do this all the time. If, you know, a, a, a criminal that is going to steal or take or step on somebody else in an unfair manner in order to make a short-term gain for themselves, you know, someone just doesn't want to lose points. They want to climb the hierarchy and they can do so very rapidly by simply pulling the plug every time they're going to lose. It makes sense as to why they would do that. Open and shut case, we get it. But what happens when all of a sudden there is a penalty where you lose the maximum amount of points and maybe you are put into a, a like, you know, a, a purgatory group where you only get to play with fellow rage quitters or those that also don't play well with others and like it really doesn't benefit you as far as climbing up the hierarchy to uh to do this and yet some people still do it and i want to try to figure out why and so i've looked into this a little bit and um at, at the the core of it like what has to happen for someone to to quit out in that kind of a setting um and i think the broad answer is you're running an experiment and the experiment in this match is you are seeing what one player's skill does against another player's skill and if the experiment goes so far awry that it's no longer determining what you sat down to determine then it becomes moot and then you can start to get to a place where you go well we're not doing what we were going to do let's just pull the plug we're not going to do it anymore and um you know, people invest so much of their identity, especially the, those of us that are competitive and those of us that do this and, and spend a lot of time developing our skills in this. We invest a lot of our identity and a lot of our, I'd say, self-worth. You know, how many times have you had a really bad ranked session and you come away and the rest of your life feels crappy for a little while? You know, that, that haunts you. You're like, I'm just like, I lost LP and so I'm less of the man that I was when I started today. You know, like... Yep. Uh, and it sounds kind of goofy, but like we laugh because it's like, yeah, no, there's 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 some truth to that. Uh, I have to I have to add the story in because I I played a lot of casual play. I've I've lost a ton of points, you know, picking up rows, but now I'm starting to gain them back and stuff because I played Monot for three years and going in with one of the more technical characters in the game who plays very differently than most others. I knew and I told people from the get go I'm just going to lose a ton of points with rows, and I have, and it's fine. But I'm starting to gain them back now, mm. so I'm happier. But the amount of people I see in casual mode, like very clearly fearing for their points it's substantial like it, it's like yeah you know, like it, it's so funny to me that the in fighting games like no one played for points back in the day you know street fighter 2 like they kept track of your points like the old school arcade thing like who got the high score in like Qbert or, or frogger or you know pac-man and stuff that was a big deal 
all fighting games through that all at the window is all about beating out the other guy right but now points are back with a vengeance because now like points mean everything and you know, it's like if, if your lp is smaller than mine well it's too bad so anyway so it's, it's a but big it's really lp funny. measuring contest it, it, it is definitely a, but i mean i've played a lot of casual just to you know it's my mind is not when i play ranked i play very seriously when i play casual i'm i'm experimenting i'm trying a bunch of different things i'm i'm there to have a good time and like you know the kids might be crazy in the background so i'm like afk for 30 seconds or whatever but ranked i take very seriously um because of points you know so it's it's so it's very funny so i, I but i point loss is a huge thing for most players man we we really equate points with how good we are um, absolutely to a degree we should not really we should not do but it's do. easy to fall so. into going too far there and and i think that all of us as we sit down and if we care about this kind of stuff you know whether it's we're sitting down to play with the group of online you know all of online base and, and all the people that we're going to run into there or if it's in the personal you know local group where you're sitting down with like the literal in-person other members of your society you begin to understand that there's a hierarchy of player skill you find out where you belong on that hierarchy and there is that expectation that you know the higher level players will defeat the lower level players and we tend to have an inflated view of ourselves with this kind of a thing which can be helpful right because that confidence that comes with that helps you to push forward break through barriers it, it, it helps in the way of growth but like you said if you get too far into that and you get too far of a, a you know an expectation for yourself an inflated view of yourself it can very quickly become unhelpful and there is a uh, so I did a little bit of a psychological or psychology research and came up with a few terms here illusory superiority that is a condition of cognitive bias wherein a person essentially overestimates their own abilities in relation to the rest of the group and um, and I think that it's pretty easy to see why we would do that it's beneficial for us yada yada but you go too far Eh. And there's a there's another very similar kind of ballpark thing here, and this is not a conclusive or exhaustive you know understanding of these uh, these terms, but uh, this is how they apply to what we're talking about here. The Dunning Kruger effect is is very similar, but it's that people with relatively low ability can often see themselves as as better um, than they are, uh, and, and in relation to like the stronger players. And I take myself back to Evo 2010, watching Daigo and Ricky Ortiz play in the grand finals of Street Fighter 4. I watched that and I saw Daigo doing a bunch of option select uppercuts and I didn't know what those were at the time. So I saw that and I'm like, Daigo's just doing random uppercuts and sure they're working out, but that's a scrubby tactic. That's not going to work long term. I could do that and, and I think I could have an approach that's better than Daigo Umahara's who's up here winning his second Evo in a row. My understanding of the game and the nuances of what was going on was so broad and basic that I didn't even realize what Daigo was doing. So, and, and naturally, I'm like, I'm just as good as him. He's doing dumb stuff, you know, but it's just because of my ignorance. So I think that's something of an example of the Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing when you uh, you and I have both had this where you're like, I'm as good as X player, you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. And you run across that player in tournament or you you get to play them. And uh, I, I mean, I'm assuming you've played some of that, like the highest end players out there, like at, at their peak performance and stuff at some points in time, you've gotten in there and you see how good they are. And you see like all the stuff that you get away with. They know mm -hmm. like how to deal with it. And you're like, oh, you son of a gun. Like no one's ever blown. I played punk a couple times and um i was doing some stuff with monat that only dream king ever had countered and the only reason dream king had countered it was because we played a billion times mm -hmm. and he knew that there's like a one frame gap in here that he could blow up and literally punk was the only player on the planet who 
blew that my setup up because it was a frame there was a one frame gap in there and somehow punk knew it and you know how crazy freaking monot sphere advantage disadvantage stuff is like there's very small gaps in there but it, it it's like and i you ugh. pro players are real freaking good <laughs> i will just say that the, the, when you get to the best of the best like they are really 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 good so um so mm. there it is yeah yeah so now when you have this idea of how good you are and where you are in the hierarchy relatively speaking and it might be a little bit inflated so that's kind of dangerous uh you have this expectation and then if something else comes along at the same time uh that contradicts that something like i beat this player like i if i play this player i will beat them because i am better than them and then you play them and you lose and now in front of you you've got well i beat this player and i just lost to this player those can't be there at the same time that's called cognitive dissonance and you have to let the let the air out of the tires of one of those two things because they're conflicting and they can't be true at the same time so you could say well it's because i'm not really as good as i thought or i didn't have my anti-airs unlock or i just i wasn't i didn't play correctly uh, i'm not that great and i need to grow or it could be well, they're using scrubby tactics that are only going to work in the short term, or it was the lag, or uh, it was the imbalance in their character's ability versus mine. And those things do factor into this whole idea of running the experiment and seeing where skill is actually determining the, the end result. But with how charged this all is, when you lose, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're scared, all these negative emotions, and you're it's very easy to just clamor for, well, how do I take this and deflect it onto other things it's very easy to fall into this well it was the lag well it was the this or the that and to blame it on other things problem with that is you don't really grow um, but when you see these things it's, it's very easy to to blame this other stuff and if you do well we go right back to if the if the um, results of the test are too heavily skewed you can throw the whole thing out so Hey, if there's too much lag, we're not really playing a test of skill anymore. Yoink it, because we're because we're you know. And then I don't have to deal with actually losing, even though you kind of still do, and you still lose the points and everything. But you wanna you wanna be as far away from that truth that you're running from that the other player is actually beating you as possible. And that isn't to say that the lag and the character imbalance are not factors. You know, mm -hmm. if you find that they are, you talk about them, you write stories yeah. about them, you discuss them, you put it on social media in a way where you ask the developers to, hey, the game needs to be updated because this part of it, the, the net code or the imbalance in characters is taking away from the validity of the skill-based, you know, competition that we're sitting here to do. But when you go in knowing that you're playing online, knowing that certain characters are better, uh, you have, it's like a signing of a contract. You need to finish what you start. You don't have to do the rematch, you know, and you don't have to play the game. But you do need to finish out your matches because another way of thinking about it is if everybody treated it in this negative way where you rage quit like what you're doing, or if enough people did it enough times, it would completely dismantle the whole thing. The whole yeah. idea of playing on ranked would be become moot and you're essentially taking a sledgehammer to the foundations of this thing that we all ultimately want even if we want it to be ultimately better than it is right now so um you know you 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 get yourself to this place where you say what we're doing is no longer valid and then therefore i can pull the plug and i think that's ultimately what people have to do in order to rage quit and actually bring that to fruition but also don't do it <laughs> makes sense to me 
All right. And that's all I had to say about that. All right. All right, John. Well, uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event House podcast. Uh, I know we've got some exciting stuff kind of here on the horizon for our, mm-hmm. our loyal, you know, followers and stuff uh, of the show. So hopefully, you guys, uh, guys, gals, and they, thems, uh, all the all the tides out there, uh, tune in for this, and uh, we'll be back with y'all soon. See you later.